remarkable people overcoming remarkable challenges with resilience, dedication, community, and grit. Listen as they share their stories of overcoming adversity. Open your eyes to what is genuinely possible for all of us. Authentic Adversity with host Chris Howe. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Authentic Adversity podcast. Today I'm sitting down with a good friend of mine. He's a tattoo artist here in Niagara. He's clean and sober for over 10 years. He helps others on a daily basis. He is the true embodiment of altruism. Uh, my good friend, Daryl Hart. How are you, man? How's it going, Chris? I'm good. Great, great. It's good to see you as always. And, yeah. uh, you know, I would really want to thank you for for coming on the podcast and, and sharing your story with us. No problem. I, um, when I said I was going to do this... Um, you know, I, there was a little apprehension on my side and, you know, it was super cool of you. You just started sharing it with other people and like you were so supportive. And I mean, that's just your nature, right? Like that's that's who you are. I know you. I know you very well. And um, it's it's I appreciate that of, about you. You know, you're you're yeah. very um, recovery minded and you're you're not scared to share about this stuff. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no problem. I think. It's, yeah, I, I think it's super important, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, I think for, for like a lot of us in general, um, there was like a lot of shame before we got clean and sober. Mm -hmm. For sure. I I think that I don't want to be ashamed of, of my sobriety the way that I was ashamed of my addiction. Absolutely. I I think it's super important that, that you, that people like you, that you do stuff like this and that you're visible. And it's, it's uh, because there's a lot of people out there that, you know, they're not inside the places where we talk about these things, you know, right. but they might be on their phone or on YouTube. And I think that that that's the best attraction we have. Absolutely. Attraction rather than promotion. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Um, I, I, I totally agree with you. And um, and I appreciate that about you always. Um, you know, you're a friend that is uh, is very special to me. Um, we've been in the rooms of recovery for around the same time. And um You've always been there for me when I needed, like whether it was just, you know, a call because things are getting tough or, you know, go training together, go for breakfast and chat about life, really. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these, these super important conversations outside the rooms of recovery. And you've always been a person that's there for me. And I know that you're that to many other people out there. And, um, mm. you know, I, I like uh, honestly, I remember when you came in the rooms and you came, you know, you came to Niagara and I, I first heard you speak and share in meetings. And, you know, I was like, I was a little envious of you because you the way you get your message across is is so powerful and so intriguing. And I think you inspired mm. a lot of people, even in your early days in sobriety. You know, you were you were very open and honest and it's, it felt like you dove headfirst into it rather than kind of like tiptoeing around. And I, you know, that was something that I noticed about you straight off the hop. I think my attitude um, was formed over a lot of years of trying though. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. It's a big part of my story that it took me, it took me 10 years to get 30 days. Right. You know, right, and, right. And I, and I had tried being quiet, you know, mm-hmm. and I tried being, in the back and I tried being, I don't know, something that wasn't connected. Yeah. And by the time that I got, you know, finally that I got to a place where I was in a position to have 30 days, I, I felt like 
I had used up all my embarrassment. I, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I couldn't have ever been more embarrassed than I was the last day that I used. So mm-hmm. I felt really like free to just say whatever and just feel yeah. whatever because I, I was just so tired and like so yeah. beaten up that I'm like, nothing that's going to happen in here is going to be any more shameful or embarrassing than what I've been doing. So that's really important for people to know, right? That people yeah. that are maybe uh, on the outskirts of the rooms right now that that might be thinking about it, but not sure like that, you yeah. know, the it's a it's a safe space. And yeah, there's nothing that you can share in those rooms that is is going to touch the like the guilt <laughs> and the shame and the remorse of the things that we do when we're out there. Absolutely. And yeah, and, and just carrying that is heavy. You know, I it think is. I think for most of us, like, I can only speak for me, but I knew that my using and drinking was a problem a decade before I ever stopped. Sure. Yeah. And that's a, that's a heavy like millstone to carry every single day of just Mm -hmm. knowing that the way you're living is not okay. And it's, it just keeps getting worse. And, you know, by the time, you know, I didn't, I don't know. I, I just, I just knew that I didn't have much else to lose. Yeah, you know, exactly. so, so yeah. being in there and talking was not scary to me. Yeah, yeah, you know, for like sure, it, for sure. It, it just everything else was scary. Yeah, but you know, being clean was scary. Being yeah. sober was scary, but but talking, I mean, I had already said everything I could have said to be embarrassed about before I ever got <laughs> clean. Right, right, <laughs> and honestly. That's where we get our freedom in recovery is is to share about it, and I I I believe that that's sort of the the weight coming off. The more we share, the the more weight of our shoulders just like releases and releases, and we don't like you said, we don't have to carry those those shameful things that we have been carrying for so long in active addiction. Absolutely. This episode of the Authentic Adversity podcast is brought to you and sponsored by Another Road Drug and Alcohol Treatment Center. Another Road offers a client-centered recovery program tailored to every individual's circumstances. Their focus is to create a supportive healing environment rather than a rigid, rule-based institution. Their dedicated commitment upholds the individual values respecting each person's desire for recovery. Another Road understands that every individual requires a unique and focused approach to their recovery. Certain modalities of treatment are introduced along with the tools necessary for each client. Located in a rural setting, their addiction treatment center for all genders provides the perfect setting for a transformative recovery experience and sense of belonging. The private residential treatment facility offers an unparalleled program with counselors that have in-depth knowledge based on varying years of experience in addiction. Another Road utilizes unique individual focus plans for recovery that address the complexities of drug addiction, alcoholism, and prescription medication misuse. They have a 65% success rate when clients follow their program. I know many people who have completed this program and they have absolutely rave reviews. To learn more, visit anotherroad.ca. I want to get into your story. Um, You know, so you were you were uh, born in Scarborough, Ontario, just outside of Toronto. I guess it's a suburb of Toronto or the GTA now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) uh, Your dad was an addict. Your mom, uh, your your mom was a single mom. um, And some Mm -hmm. some pretty horrific things happened to you around the age seven. Um, Can you can you kind of take us there? Yeah, I mean, 
I grew up in Metro housing in, mm-hmm. in, in Scarborough, Metro housing for anyone outside of the GTA is just, it's government subsidized housing. Um, right. It's generally equated to neighborhoods that aren't, aren't that fun to be in. Yeah. Um, so from, from an early age, whether it was around my neighborhood or around my dad, um, there was always kind of using going on in my, in my life. And um, really the only person, like my mom was the anchor of my childhood. You know, right. she was my like constant. She was the person that always was, was consistent. You know, like she, she was there every day. Um, I know now being a man that, you know, my dad, he had the same problem that we do and right. that he probably had like all of us when we're using and, and drinking is he probably had really good intentions, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, like we just, all do. Yeah. He just didn't have necessarily the best follow through. Yeah. You know, and that, that put me in environments, uh, the kids, they shouldn't be in, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, um, for sure. situations, you know, I, I don't want to get overly specific, but, um, one of those situations was that I was visiting him one time and, and, uh, you know, he has, he was dating whatever girl of the week as, mm-hmm. as we do when we're, when we're out there and <laughs> she had a son that was a little bit older and, um, they were doing whatever they were doing and ended up alone with this, this kid or I guess pretty much a man at this point. He was quite a bit older than me. And um, yeah. I was sexually molested by him. Jeez. And um, I think I didn't even really acknowledge it at the time. Yeah. I yeah. think it was something that, you know, later in life, um, honestly, I didn't even address it till I was in recovery. Right. And, um, it, it didn't come out through step work or anything like that. It came out because I went to visit my aunt, my, my dad's sister. And she told me, like, she reminded me like, Hey, do you, do you even remember that time that like you came here and, and something was really wrong and like, yeah. you wouldn't tell anyone what was going on. And I think that when something like that happens to you, especially when you're young, you, you don't know how to process it. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, yeah. we didn't, you know, we, I didn't have any resources. I didn't know who to tell. I didn't even know that really that anything wrong had happened. I know that it felt not okay. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I, I didn't, I don't think that I, you know, it's hard to look back in hindsight and know what seven-year-old me felt about it. But it is. as an adult, I know I, um, I felt betrayed, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think there was a lot of that attached to my dad when he was using not betrayal, but just kind of let down a little bit. Right. You know, like I would be really excited to see him and he would be, you know, coming off a run or something and just sleep the whole time or whatever. And, and that time I felt like you're supposed to protect me. You know, this stuff's not supposed to happen, you know, and now as a parent, I know that feeling like I couldn't imagine something like that happening. Right. You know, and yeah, he didn't know. I didn't mm-hmm. tell him, you know, and but I carried it and I carried it in like the worst way that you can carry something, which is just subliminally okay, and not in a place where I could address it because I didn't acknowledge it. 
Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. pushed it down and it affected every relationship I had. Yeah. My entire I can relate life. to that hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like it, it didn't, I didn't know. Like I said, I, I had been in recovery for a couple of years when me and my aunt had that conversation and it, it brought a lot of things back and, and, mm -hmm. you know, thankfully, thank God it put me in a position to address it. Yeah. But you know, in hindsight, I could have saved myself a lot of trouble had I been able to address it earlier. Absolutely. You know? And I mean, not having to carry that, that baggage around for so long and, and act out as a result of it. Like, I think the, yeah. the sort of, um, I spoke on another, another talk with a friend of mine about like, you know, young people being able to, and having the opportunity to kind of unpack as they go rather than mm. to have to like <clears throat> fill the bag up until it's overflowing and then yeah. unpack it. Right. And then it's like, Oh my yeah. God, how do I, where do I start? And how do I do this? Right. Right. And, and the yeah. difficult thing is that the, the stuff at the bottom of that bag, you probably don't even know it's there. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's a, that, that like subliminal stuff that you carry around, you know, and there was other traumas that happened later right that um made everything i was doing make sense okay so i didn't even visit that yeah because i was like well there's these other things and i mean as most of us do when we struggle to 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 to, to commit to recoveries we we like spend a lot of time trying to figure it out like why did i end up this way mm -hmm. and uh that one wasn't even on the list yeah. you know i mean it, that was it's stuff so far down probably right yeah. And, and I think too, there's those few things that we, you know, like a reservation, like, I don't need to talk about this. It was so long ago. It's so shameful. Yeah. It's so, I feel so at fault for it. Right. That, um, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Well, we're so you know, used to not looking at it. Right. And, and, right. and it's just, uh, and we attach, especially, I think you, you touched on a good point there. Like we attach a responsibility, uh, like our, our own responsibility to that thing that we're shameful of. And it's like, it becomes our fault. And yeah, many times, absolutely. you know what I mean? Like, and, and some of it's stuff that we, that was out of our control and we just didn't understand it and we made it our fault. And I, I mean, I've talked to, since I've been able to talk about it. And, mm -hmm. and and be open about it um i've talked to so many survivors of of these sorts of things and you know people handle it differently but i think unanimously um everyone at some point thought it was their fault yeah you know and that's that's um that's difficult especially if you're a kid because it's not your fault you know it's right you, you're a kid yeah you didn't do anything except be a kid you know and so um, hearing that, that's the part about all the stories that when I talk to other survivors of those kinds of things, like it's the one part that just breaks my heart Right. is that, you know, we all know like the day we stop being a kid. Yeah. Which is, yeah. is weird, you know? And, 100%. Um, yeah. And that, yeah. that for me, uh, for me is, is around the same age that, that you're talking around seven years old and something very similar happened to me with a, yeah. you know, a female uh, caregiver and, it it does. It, my world changed from that point, and um, you you stop trusting the world. You stop trusting people, mm -hmm. even people that you love. Um, and and yeah, just like you said it. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like you stop being a child, and yeah. you're like forced into this, like 
adult world with emotions that you're, you know, our, our child brains are not even close to equipped to handle. So, um, I mean, you're carrying adult burdens. Yeah. You're not equipped for it. It's not fair and uh, very confusing. And, um, you know, to add to that confusion, um, you know, when you're around 12 years old, your dad passes. Yeah. And I mean, I think that like processing that, um, Mm. I had already kind of gotten to a place where I was feeling pretty detached. Yeah. You know, I remember, um, so I I was at my grandparents' house. I was home sick from school that day and my dad left and, you know, my dad, when I was nine, he got clean and uh, sober and, and, uh, you know, that was my first, um, my first introduction to recovery, to root. Yeah. Okay. You know, because wow. I was like the annoying kid at the meeting. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it, we it, all know it, him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, I I see him now, and sometimes I'm irritated by it. And you know, there goes me. Right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think it's important to touch on too because I talk to a lot of parents in recovery that 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 are 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 getting sober, getting clean, and you know, I don't remember anything about my dad's using that impact me as much as getting my dad back or getting him for the first time. Right. You know, and I think it's a really important thing to to mention because I think that as parents and, you know, in the rooms, I see so many people carry so much guilt and it's, it's okay. I get it. But I like vividly remember my dad getting clean. Wow. That's a lot, impactful. A lot of the, I was in Tim Hortons eating a, a maple donut, like when they told me he was in rehab. I remember that day. And okay. I was nine years old. And there's not mm-hmm. a lot from that time period that I remember in that way. Right. You know, so right. it was a really impactful event. And that three years was, you know, major for me. And then yeah. uh, he had, he was at my grandparents and he had dropped me off that day. And, um, we got a call like three hours later and it was like, you got to come to the house. So we came to the house and there's police everywhere and that's never a good sign. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sat us down and they told me, and I just remember like not feeling anything. Really? Which was yeah. a really, and I knew, I knew objectively like I was supposed to feel something because yeah. everything around me, everyone around me was feeling intense. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember like going outside and I didn't know what to do with it. And I, yeah. when I look back on it now, that was probably really early signs that I wasn't like processing emotion mm-hmm. in a way that was necessarily healthy. And you especially know? the fact that, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, you, you've just, like you said, got your dad back for the first or got your dad for the first mm-hmm. time in your life. And, and now yeah. out of your control, he's gone. Yeah. You know? And yeah. And I should, I would have expected anger even at the unfairness mm-hmm. or something but it, something. it just was yeah. nothing it was just nothing wow. and later it was something i think you know shock plays a big part if if you lose mm-hmm. someone abruptly in that way like there is a amount of shock but i, I remember being at a funeral and not crying yeah. you know and i remember like feeling like i should be okay like it, yeah because everyone around me was right. but i'm like how come i'm not i'm not doing that thing that everyone else is doing and you're not feeling the same thing that everybody else is what's wrong with me right and i think some events 
previously had left me understanding that vulnerable is not like a safe place. Okay. And um, I think that outward display made me feel vulnerable. Right. Right. And, and um, so I think that I learned real early how to like detach from it. Okay. And not really yeah. detach, but how to like put it away in like a little compartment and like close the box and lock it up, you know, go. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I think that if, if I'm reflecting probably like a real early red flag of like, yeah, this is not how you're supposed to deal with your feelings. Right. And then, I mean, <laughs> shortly after that introduce alcohol and drugs, right? Like, yeah. And, and that was my ticket, right? Like, yeah. and I, I talk about that a lot uh, when I speak or when I, when I even just relate to people like, I didn't try it and think like, this is really cool. Like I, I got high for the first time and I instantly, my reaction was, I want to feel like this all the time. All the time. Right. Like it wasn't right. like, Oh, this could be cool to do sometimes. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is the key. Mm -hmm. This is, this is my thing. And I didn't even know that there was like more effective things. Right. You know, like right. I didn't, I did We're starting at like a real low grade, thing and I just remember being able to unplug from my life and thinking like and I think even before that um I think I was an only child and I used to like indulge in in like what I call like fantasy like you yeah. used to just spend like hours in my room because I didn't feel good about myself right and I remember just spending hours in my room like pretending to be someone else and then when I found out you could like buy that yeah it was on dude yeah i mean it's 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 crazy sometimes you you listen to people tell these stories and talk about their childhood and it's like that's my story like yeah how do we have the same story it's same thing with me and it's like it's it's wild and and yeah like you said now now you have a, a tangible thing to you don't have to use your imagination you have this tangible thing that you can go out and buy yeah. and all of a sudden you're in that fantasy world again and you're somebody who you're not without substances and all of a sudden there's people around you and there's excitement and there's danger and yeah. there's, you know, a lot of, um, you know, extreme sense, uh, sense pleasures. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I mean, and I like myself. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I don't remember that feeling a lot of my life. Like I don't remember feeling like when I went outside that I was important. Right. You know, like I yeah. remember feeling like I was kind of in the peripheral of life and that other people, I, I remember even like grade school being like, man, these people got it figured out. Like, I don't know how they're doing this. Okay. Yeah. You know, like how they're so effortlessly just existing. And I'm like, it's a lot of effort for me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, that was, you know, when I found substances, like that was perfect. Yeah. And it just yeah, kind of continued that way. Yeah. So it, was it uh, for you? Was it um, like the escalation of your using? Um, was it a quick, uh, like a quick run to the top? Or was it sort of a gradual? I mean, you said that you were wanting to feel that way all the time, which I can totally yeah. relate to. Um, did I'm, you kind of skyrocket through that? No, I still had like checks and balances in my life at that point. Okay. You know, yeah. um, I, I always think about um, like, my progression in addiction as like selling little pieces of myself. Right? right. So at the start, I still had a really full tank. I still listened to my mom. Like I still, I still yeah. like cared what people thought. I still like 
I still very much understood like how much appearances matter. Okay. You know, okay. and so um yeah, I had friends. I I we, you know, we got we got fucked up on the weekends or, you know, at lunchtime at school, but like when I look back on it, I know that my using and my drinking was problematic because I wasn't doing it for the same reason. Yeah. You know, like these guys wanted to have fun and I just wanted to get as far away from me as possible. Yeah. They were having fun. You were escaping. Right. And, but I, mm. I, I still got to wave that like partying flag. Okay. Right? Like it, it still very much appeared like I just like to have a good time. Right. You know, right. and I think that it wasn't until later, you know, when everything happened with my mom that, that I really kind of just didn't care. Either. Yeah. Talk about that. Um, so when I was, I was, I kind of, I got like kicked out of high school and then like trying to finish high school. And then right around that time, like I was working in bars, which was like a super great avenue for me to just constantly <laughs> be around. Um, yeah. But um, I remember like, I got a call. My mom had been telling me about, you know, she had been experiencing some, some like flu-like symptoms. Her stomach was hurting and stuff like that. And she finally like went to emerge. And uh, I remember I got a call at work, and they were like, "You got to come to the hospital." I'm like, "All right." And I'm like, eighteen, nineteen, maybe seven. Yep. I'm not really sure. Um. And I went to the hospital, and they told me that my mom had stage four colon cancer. Wow. Yeah. And again, like the same reaction, just like nothing, not void of anything really. I I couldn't comprehend it, you know, because for me, like, I wasn't attached to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, in an emotional way, um, and that was a reoccurring theme for me. Um, okay. But my mom was like everything. Yeah. Like right. she was my best friend. She was my constant. She was the thing that I based everything on. Like oh, everything, yeah. all the moral choices that I make even now are very much rooted in who she was as a person. You okay. know, and yeah. my my mom was um, a very holistic person. She did like a lot of stuff that I don't, I still, whatever, I don't really mess with. But, yeah. she, you know, she did like, you know, she was super into like hippie stuff, man. Like, she was yeah. very like love and, and nature and, and all that stuff. And it, it was my soft place to land. She was my, my constant. And when I, they told me I had about a year, wow. you know, and yeah. part of me is grateful because I didn't have that with my dad. Yes. Okay. You know, and a, and a lot of the things that I think about with my dad is like, all the things you wish you said, right? When someone right. leaves suddenly, well, now you have a year, you could say what you got to say, you know? Yeah. Um, the problem was, is that I, I have a very for real substance abuse problem. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and uh, I didn't really show up for her in the way that I wanted to. Yeah, I've heard you talk about this before, and and I yeah. I know I know it's a painful um, place to land, and and it's um you know I think that that speaks to the true weight 
of our addiction when we, you know, we have this opportunity to be there for somebody in a, a certain time window and yeah. the, the substances are taking us away from that most important thing in our life. You know, it, it speaks to our addiction, right? Like that becomes more important than that thing that's been constant for you. That thing that's been always there. And like you said, the soft place to land. Yeah. Um, yeah. And avoidance too, right? Like, yeah. I don't have to feel how terrible this is if I just avoid it, you know? Yep. And, and so I, I, I relate it to being stuck. Like, and much like I spoke about earlier, much like I'm sure my dad had really good intentions. Right. Um, right. I did. I had really good intentions of being there for her and, you know, um, not being, doing the things that I was doing, but I, I didn't know how to cope with what was going on. And so I turned to the thing that I use to cope, which is, right. you know, getting stuck. Yeah. And I would say, you know, tomorrow I'm going to go and I'm going to spend the whole day with her. Yeah. And then that day I would just keep getting more, getting, I, I'd say another one, right? Like I get another one and then I'll go after this one and then I would get another one, but I'll, I promise I'm leaving after this one. And um, the reality is most days I didn't show up. Yeah. You know, and she went through a lot of that without me. And, um, you know, we did have some incredibly good conversations and we did have some things that I, I appreciate now. You know, yeah. we, we did have conversations that were difficult to have with each other. And Let me ask you something enough. real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I, yeah. just, it just, I, I want to ask you at that point, um, you know, you saw your dad get sober um for you know the that that last bit of his life and now yeah. you're you're on this um journey with your mom this like this short journey and is there anything in you at that time or was it your mom's wish that you that you changed something up or was there anything that sort of said like you know I've, I've seen somebody do this and get well i know that that's available to me um i wasn't that interested yeah. to be honest um yeah. At the time, it didn't feel like the way it feels now, right? At the time, I just wanted relief and comfort. And I think that's what, when we're, when we're using and drinking, I think that's what we're looking for is discomfort like, and, and relief from the way we feel. Um, I did end up having a conversation. My aunt like, comes in. She's like the person that reminds me of where I come from and who I am and stuff. Um, okay. But she's my one constant. Like she's one of the only people in my life that's known me through like all the phases of yeah. of how this looks. And um and she she told me that my mom said to her, like, that I know what he's doing, but I also understand that his friends are really important because when I'm gone, that's all he'll have. Wow. That's you know, so yeah. yeah. And I didn't find that out until like this year she said that to me. Oh, is that right? Wow. Yeah. And, and, um, it made me feel really relieved. Yeah. Because at least I know that my mom kind of understood what I was going through. Yeah. And, um, you know, on the, like on the last day with her, you know, I was, I just remember she was like in the hospital when people are dying in that way, it's like, there's no other real word for it. They're just super fucked up. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of time left. It, it was the last day and it was pretty clear it was the last day. And I just, I remember telling her, like, you did a good job. Like, I'm going to be all right. 
Like, okay. and knowing like I wouldn't be all right like that day. Yes. But that she had equipped me with the tools that if I did want to be all right, that I could, you know, wow. and, um, yeah, that's special. Yeah. And then yeah. I, and then I went out and got fucked up. Well, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. And, um, and I continued doing that for a decade, you know, okay. and, and that, that was when, that was when using and drinking got away from me. You know, that's when I think that it turned in from me definitely having like an issue with substances to like sure. me not giving a shit if I died or not. Yeah. You know, um, cause I, I have a weird perspective on that. Stuff. Like I'm older than my dad was when he passed away and I'm not that old. Okay. Right. And in a couple of years, I'll be older than my mom is, you know? Wow. And to me then, yeah. to me then they felt really old, mm-hmm. but to me now I'm like, that's not enough time. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? And, 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 um, so I, I was living a lot, like I wasn't going to make it anyway. Yeah. I can relate so to I, that a hundred percent. I might as well indulge and just do what I want to do. Cause, um, fuck it, you know, yep, fuck uh, it. That, that, that was really, that was, that, that was where I became kind of unhooked completely from any kind of care about right. what was going to end up happening to me. I mean, and, and that, that allowed me too. to like, yeah, a hundred percent. And, and I mean, like, yeah. now, I mean, there's, there's so much, there's so much trauma there, like trauma that you're, you're not, you're not in any place that you want to look at that you can deal mm-hmm. with or like, and, and like us being, you know, men or we were probably, we were boys in our twenties really. Cause we were acting yeah. like it, right? Like yeah, yeah. It, it's not, it, and especially when we were younger, it wasn't, there wasn't these, these conversations weren't happening. The open, honest conversations where, you know, you kind of knew that you could go and, and like confide in somebody. It was like very few and far between. So, I mean, you're carrying yeah. a whole ton of stuff with you in that, in those early, you know, like those your 20s right like they're they're big years and you're carrying around stuff that nobody should have to carry and i was i was carrying in a way that is so blatantly unhealthy right you know like it, it it wasn't even like i was like lashing out really i mean there was a few times where i would be really fucked up and i would like cry or like lash out or you know i remember those things happening and my friends around me not really knowing like how to deal with that yeah. Like, cause I, I was, it was the only state that I could even let it out. But I like the day after my mom died, I just went to work. Wow. Like, yeah. I didn't know what to do. I just kept going. Jeez. Like I just, I just got up and I went, I went to work and I, yeah. I went to work the day after that. And I, and I just kept living like it didn't happen. Right. Right. And I mean, yeah. that was kind of a very uniform behavior for most of my life. And I found out later it's, it's a, a symptom of, underlying stuff like like PTSD and things like that like I I understand now that that was a symptom of what I was going through but it also fed into my feeling of looking at people in the world and not understanding how they were existing in the effortlessly effortlessly yeah (laughs) for sure I mean I honestly I thought I used to look at people that were like seemingly successful or quote-unquote normal yeah I think liar liar liar. (laughs) bullshit like you You know like either that or i'd be insanely jealous and be like oh my god that's not me so i hate that person because i can't be that and you make it look so effortless 
envious yeah envious of just people being like really carefree and and yeah. really like i had a hard time with people having parents for a long time which is like a really weird thing it's not no weird but it's understandable situation but it, yeah I mean, people used to invite me to christmas right because because when you don't have parents um people like people don't like when you're alone on christmas which right. I, I actually like funnily enough didn't mind that much is that right? Like pretty relaxed. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it was the one day a year where like nothing was going on. I could just kind of hang out. But um, okay. you know, people people would invite you to things, and I remember just sitting in those situations, being like, "You guys are just sitting here. You have no idea. Like you have no right. idea." You know, or I would get really mad if people would be like, say to me like, "Oh, your mom passed away. Yeah, and like my aunt died. I know how it feels." I'm like, "You fucking don't." But okay. You know, and I and I just I had a lot of that, you know, that internal kind of fuck you-ness. Yeah, like, yeah. You have no idea what I'm going through, right? Like that that big ego thing that we have, like yeah. nobody could <laughs> yeah. possibly understand. You yeah, know, if, I'm so and, and if you could, you would stop bothering me about what I'm doing. Right. And, and that that was a lot of, of my life, um, was caring like so much what other people thought, but like also not caring at all what they thought that weird dichotomy that we live with right for Um, sure this overwhelming need to be liked and approved of but like also like not knowing how to exist in that yeah it's so it's i've never actually heard it (laughs) actually like like said that way to me but that's totally it right like it's just like like i I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, when I'm, when I'm fucked up, like it's, it's fuck you, fuck everybody. Just all about me. Yeah. And then like, and then all of a sudden at the same time, I'm like, but also still love me, love me for yeah, being no. an asshole. Love me for my, all my faults, but like, yeah, you know, and, and excuse them. Right. Like, yeah. Just excuse them for me because you, you know, if I told you my sad story, you wouldn't blame me, you know? And, and yeah, I, I, I leaned on that pretty heavy when I was, when okay. I was getting high, you know, it's like, if you've been through what I've been through, you would do this too. And it, I know now that that's like, there's no real word. Like, it's just bullshit. You know, right. um, it's, it's total, it's, it's me manipulating situations. Right. And it's like not, not being willing to acknowledge that, that, that I have feelings and that, you know, things do can, if I want them to get better. For you know? sure. And, yeah. Avoidance um, at its finest, right? Like, yeah, it's it's beautiful, right? It's perfect for an addict. For an addict, it's just like it's it's the perfect state to exist in. Is like I'm so hard done by, I'm a victim. If you were a victim like me, uh, you wouldn't blame you for doing this. So let me do it, right? Right. And it's it's such a crock of shit, but it works when you're when you're justifying your using. Yes, right. And you're you're not. you're not at that place where you feel like it's possible to get out. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's like the end of using is so crazy because it's like, how did I go this long without thinking that it might be possible to stop doing that? Yeah. It's, so it's, yeah, it's crazy, right? Like, <laughs> so what did that look like for you? Like, uh, you know, I mean, at sort of that, 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 like deep dive into addiction and then the, the kind of crawling out, like what, what, what were the events leading up to your final decision to get sober and then clean your life up? I mean, the last day I have like paperwork for it. So, uh, okay. uh, There's some people around me that were really concerned 
Okay. Um, at that point, I really, I just, just wanted to die because I didn't know how to get out. Right. And I didn't know how to stop letting people down. And I didn't know how to, how to learn how to live with the kind of pain that I was in. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to, and, it, and I'm saying I didn't know in a way, like I did know. I'd been to detox. I'd been to meetings. I had gotten a gang of 24-hour chips and white tea tags, but but I hadn't yet heard it, you know. So I do. I would. I told myself I didn't know, and um, I woke up on my 30th birthday in um, a mental health ward on a what was called in Canada a, a form one, and. It's a 72 hour suicide prevention. They retain you for 72 hours to make sure that you don't hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. And they take it pretty seriously. And I mean, the hard part about that was like, nobody even knew where I was really. Like, you know, my family didn't know. Like my, I had been kind of just disassociated from everything to a point where people either were too upset with me and my behavior to care that I was there at right. the time, or I just straight up didn't know because I had, I had alienated them for my life. And maybe some of the people that did know thought, good, that's the place he needs yeah. to be right good. now. Right? Yeah. And, people... and, and I've thought that way about people now. So I get it, you yeah. know? Um, but I just, it wasn't the worst situation I'd ever been in. Yeah, it wasn't the worst off I'd been, but I I just remember being like so fucking tired. Yeah, like just the panic of of by that time, you know, I had a pretty heavy duty, I'd had a pretty heavy duty opiate addiction for a long time. Yeah, and there's there's a there's a lot of anxiety bottled in with that, and 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 how to get another one before you get sick, and how am I going to stay well so I can. You know, and, and, and just years of that, years of it had just beat me to a, to a place where I don't know if I believe in rock bottom, but I believe in tired and I was tired. Okay. You know, like it, it was the thought of doing it again tomorrow, you know, like that really, I just was too tired. Yeah. It was like yeah. the end of, a, it was like, if you go running to the point where your life stopped working, that's how it felt. Like I just okay. felt like. I can't make the moves again. I have, I'm out of moves. I got yeah. no more moves to make. I yep. just, I gotta go. And uh, I remember, you know, one of my best friends, we've been, best, we've been friends who were like 12, came to the hospital and he was like, you know, I want to, you know, I want to see you do good, man. Like, yeah. Like I care. And he's not, he doesn't have any issues. He's never been to recovery. He's, he's just a, just a good guy. You know, and he's yeah. like, I'll drive you where you need to go, man, where you need to go. You know, and cool. I got on the phone and I, I got into detox. And then when I went to detox, I remember this is probably the first time I've been in this detox multiple times. And this is Lady Brenda that worked there. And they, she kind of knew me by now. Like, I, you know, I'm covered yeah. in tattoos, not super hard to miss, right? And, yeah. and, and I remember just sitting down being like, I just got to go somewhere. Like, if I go home, I'm, I'm just going to die. And yeah. I just don't want to die. And, and I don't want to run around it. Worse, not even I don't want to die. I don't want to get up and run around again. Yeah. And just make moves day after day to keep this, this show going. It's too yeah. much. 
and you didn't have it in you anymore right like it's yeah, just it, surrender it's finally tired, man. Yeah. yeah and and uh, she goes well there's this place in st catherine's called wayside and you can go there and you can get it because i didn't have insurance i didn't have like none of that yeah. so i was like is it free because <laughs> i don't have yeah. any money you know <laughs> and uh she's like yeah it's free and um i've never even been to st catherine's before but it, it's like what we talked about earlier like i was just like how much more could I lose really? Right. Just fuck it. Just go. Yeah. And I went and, um, that was June, June 26, 2012 is, is my, my, my date. And it's also my 30th birthday. So I never, I never used or drank in my thirties so far, you know, (laughs) I I just left my thirties. So now I'm 30. So it's, it's weird to have a birthday and a clean date on the same day. (laughs) that's very uh, cool though i mean it's an extra reason to celebrate so you're in st catherine's at wayside house which is a a sober living recovery house um for for people like us what happens next (laughs) um what happens next is that i um don't do any of the things they tell me to do um (laughs) as as like I continue the appearance thing, right? That, that yep. we're all prone to. So I, I, um, the first, the first meeting I go to, like, boom, that's the home group. So I can go, but not because I feel like it's my home, but because I want to go back to the recovery house and, and get praise for like having a home, group, you know? Okay. And, uh, and I, 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 I promptly got a sponsor, uh, not because I wanted to call them, but for the same reasons, like I wanted to go back to the recovery house and, and tell everyone that I had a sponsor and get praise for like, you know, working a good program. And right. I, I mean, if you've ever been in a recovery house, it, 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 there's a lot of that going on. Cause mm-hmm. everyone's trying to figure out kind of where they even just landed. They, they're coming from a place that just complete chaos. And then they're all like, boom, here's like 20, 30 dudes. And they're all in yeah. together. And they're gassing It's a funny thing, right? And- like everybody, <laughs> it's, it's a funny place where everybody's trying to do t- two things. They're trying to out recovery each other but they're yeah. also trying to out like out story tell each other as well right like right. Was, yeah you weren't nearly as bad as me like oh my god it, you know i i there was like five pablo escobars in, in the recovery home with me if you, if you believe them <laughs> you know what i mean and right i i don't believe it but it, you know but it it was it was like it's the kind of place like do, you hear dudes arguing about who's the most humble like yeah. that that kind of weird dichotomy of like do you know what that word means <laughs> Right. (laughs) And so, um, but, but I, I, much like everything in my life, um, the program didn't start working for me until I started to, I started getting a real situation. Okay. Um, so I was at, I was at this recovery home and everything was good, but it was like basically like summer camp for people that like are fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, we're like, we're, you know, we're all sleeping in the room with air conditioning, like a little slumber party is like a gang of 30 year old dudes and, uh, all the weird smells that come out of you when you, when you're just getting that stuff out of your body. It's just, (laughs) you know, I look back on it now, it's kind of funny, but you know, at at a certain point in time, the director of that place had decided that I, I just wasn't being all that serious about it. Okay. And at the time I was super angry about that opinion. Looking back now, like he was, he was dead right. Right. You would have done the same. 
yeah, I, I yeah. would have done the same thing to me behaving the way that I was behaving because I was more interested in going for coffee with the guys after the meeting and more interested in, in, um, I don't know, being popular, I guess. Yeah. It is a weird place to be popular, right? Yeah, like, super weird place. Like, you yeah. know, it's like you're the most popular guy at, at rehab. You're not doing it right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I but, mean, that's um, important to know about, though, right? Because, like, I mean, yeah, it's, that, that, it's, it's that happens so much. Yeah. But there's definitely a cool kid table at rehab. You know, yeah. And I definitely cared about being at it. And um, yeah. they kicked me out for not participating in morning exercise. Okay. And uh, because I'm defiant, I don't like being told what to do. And, right. and, and it's the root of a bigger issue. The, the thing they wrote down was that um, I wasn't participating in morning exercise. And it, it, it hit me all like at once. And I remember right. them calling me in the office saying, you got to go. And, and it just like collapsing, like, I don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. I don't have a home. I don't have really family that I feel comfortable calling. There's still a lot of shame around that. And, right. and I don't, and, and my friends, as much as I'm sure they would give me a ride somewhere, like are not letting me stay at their house. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and um, so I had to walk across the street to a homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, that's the first time in my life I ever ended up in a homeless shelter. Yeah. Like I was clean and sober. Yeah. And homeless. And I remember that day was the first time that I called my sponsor. Wow. Okay. You know, and I called him from a payphone. I didn't even have a cell phone. And, yeah. um, and, and he said to me, you know, I was all hyped up as we are when, when we're being over egotistical, you know, Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's bullshit. And they kick me out. And I can't believe these people. They don't want me to, you know, they, like the victim thing. Like they don't want me to succeed. Right. Right. It's like, you know, I haven't met a worker in the field of addictions yet that doesn't want you to succeed. But that's right. beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, uh, you know, and he just calmly listened to me. And he, he had like almost 20 years at this point. Now he's got a ton more. Well, 10 more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> And uh, he just said to me, like, well, what did they kick you out for? And I was like, not participating in morning exercise. Like, how, how stupid is that? And he just said, no, they kicked you out because you're an asshole and you don't want to listen to nobody. Wow. And I was like, oh, you know, the carrot and the stick, right? And he's very good. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, he, he said, yeah, you, you don't know how to act. And you're not conducive to other people trying to get better when you're acting that way. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, that being said, there's a lot of people that have been in your situation and stay clean and stay sober. And this is not an excuse to go get one. And I would say that period was the, the time that convinced me that recovery works. Right. Because just down the street as as neighborhoods with homeless shelters tend to be right down the street there was a park and i and i walked to that park that day okay you know after after this conversation i remember there was a girl down there one of the girls that works out there and she's getting high and and i just looked and i was like you can go down there but like 
and I don't know if my thought process is like this prolific in the moment. It just sounds better when I say it this way, but (laughs) it's like, I, this was similar to the, to what I thought. Like if you go down there, that place that you're staying in is the best your life's ever going to be. Okay. You know, it's not going to ever get better than that. Right. You know, you're going to be in a place like that or detox or, or a, a recovery home or jail or, or dead. You know, and, and it, it, it hit me like that. Right. And I walked back and I learned how to be uncomfortable, which I think is really important when you're, when you're in recovery is like being uncomfortable because where you're comfortable, is super fucked up. For sure. And for it, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't long until I started seeing benefits. So I remember like um, talking to my sponsor and he's like, yeah, I don't want you to go back to, to tattooing right now. Like you got to get a job. And I'm like, why? He's like, he's like, the last thing you need is a place where they give you a bunch of money and tell you how great you are. <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, my job does entail like people giving me money and telling me how awesome I am. And, and that would have been real bad for me at that point. You right. know, I had to live through what I was living through. And so I went and got a job making pizzas for like nine bucks an hour under the table. At this yeah, place, like up your Fabio's recovery home. Yeah, yeah, I and, remember. And, yeah, and I remember like how humbling that was, you know, and how how much it reconnected me to like the reality of my situation. Cool. And, yeah, and and I I cherish that time because the people that were at this shelter that I was living at. You know, I was doing everything I could just to not be around there all day. So I went and joined like a day treatment program just, just to have somewhere to go. Right. You know, or I would wake up in the morning, I would eat breakfast and I would be out and I would be at three or four meetings in a day just to not be there. Yeah. Or I'd be at my little job just to not be there. Right. And the people that run that place, they saw what I was trying to do. Right. And I remember them, you know, cause there's people getting high in the room when I was living in. There was yep. like all kinds of that stuff. And, and I remember like the, the kind of the director of the shelter pulling me into an office one day and I'm like, dude, I didn't do nothing. Like I, I, my automatic thought is I'm going to get kicked out of here too. Wow. Cause yeah. the last time I got pulled in an office, you know, I ended up here. So like, sure. where next? Go kick me yeah. out of here. Right. And, um, and I'm like, I didn't do it. Like whatever happened, I didn't do it. And, and he said, man, I just want you to know, like, we see what you're trying to do. And, um, and we've decided that we're going to give you your own room. We're not supposed to give you this room. Wow. But cool. we all want you to, to, to not be around the things you're around. And this room was like, I have a closet in my bedroom now, like a walk-in closet. This room was literally yeah. the size of the walk-in closet. I remember being so grateful Yeah. for just my own space. Sure. And it was the first time that said, Daryl, if you keep doing what you're doing, people will see it okay. and they will help yeah. you. You know, like if you just keep showing up, like nobody cares about what you say. Like they care about what you do. Right, right, right. And I didn't talk my way into that room. You know, I didn't yeah. go in there and give them some spiel, like yada, 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 this is what I'm trying to do. I just did it. Yeah, you actioned your way to it. it. Mm-hmm. And they said, look, this kid is really trying to stay away from the bullshit that goes on here every day. And wow. we're going to help him out. You know, and Very as a cool. result, I, I that was my... That was the, that was my leaping pad to like the life I have now. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I mean, so inspirational yeah. and it's like, it, it took to get to that point to yeah. recognize that, that, that 
yeah, the actions are what people are going to notice. And that that's what that's what internally probably gives back you know, a um, hundred times more than what you're saying, because it's Absolutely. most likely empty at that point. Right. And, and mm-hmm. my actions are what matter and they matter when people aren't watching or when I think people aren't watching because people are noticing. Yeah. And yeah. I was just doing my thing. Like I wasn't, I was just trying to do my best to get up out of it. Yeah. And, and that's it. Like I wasn't trying to impress the dude at the check-in. I wasn't trying to, I stopped trying to impress people. And I just started trying to be the man I wanted to be. Cool. You know, and, yeah. and that was the lesson, right? It's like, nobody cares what you say. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, I mean, that's amazing. That's, that's, that's super inspirational. And I, and I think yeah. it's just really important for people, especially in early recovery to hear, right? Yeah. It's, it's about, it's about the, what you're doing. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's always been about that, but I just didn't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's like I I had spent my whole life trying to talk my way in or out of something. Right. As you know? as we get good at as addicts, yeah. right? And it's like, oh, it now my works. right, right. My manipulations and my tactics are you know useless out yeah. here in the real world. I you know, and it, it's so short term even out there. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Like, oh I'm yeah. Talk my way into something, but it, it's going to become real evident quick that I, I'm lying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, it's um, that was a really that that dictated the way that I treated recovery till now. Yeah. Was yeah really and it shows. It's it, you have to. Yeah. I've never seen it work for me. I can't speak about anyone else, but like for right, me, right. it's just always been about like physically showing up. Yeah. So important. And and so from from that point, I mean. Uh, I know your your relationship with your sponsor is like second to none. You guys are super tight. He's an awesome guy. I've met him a couple of yeah. times. And 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 I, I mean, um, I know I know the hard work that you've put in. But then at what point do you start sponsoring other people and start to think about like, you know, OK, I've, I've done my I've done my work and I'm continuing to do my work. Um, now it's time to give back a little. It, it happened pretty quick. OK, because like I can share. You know, like, yeah. it, it's, it's, <laughs> I know it's you just can. a thing that I can do. Yeah. And, and it, it's yeah. not, like, super intentional. It's probably crafted from that need to be liked, you know what I mean? And that need to be approved of. But at a certain point, I just started talking about how I was feeling in a way that it just looked, this is me. Yeah. You know, and it, and that resonated with people around me. And, and I think I had, like, a year and some change. And, and cool. people started asking me to sponsor them. And I was terrible at it. I took yeah. it like super personally and I, and I was super like judgmental and I, everything they were doing that was wrong. I was like on it, you know, like I wasn't letting people live. Uh, yeah. I was, you know, I was like, no, no, whatever you're doing, like, I don't agree with it. You got to do it like this. Right. And, I think we all do that a little bit when we start sponsoring and giving back oh, that way. It's yeah. like, we, we, we feel this, like this, this need to control the situation. And it's like, it's addict, addict behavior coming back in a way that we frame as a, as like yeah. a, a, an altruistic kind of like service, right? It's an yeah, act of service, and, we call it. So then we're like, oh, whatever I think and say, this person has to listen to. And right. it, it can be a, it can be a funny place to live for a while. <laughs> I call it squeaky clean, you know, and, yeah. you, and you, you see people go through it between a year and like three years, you know, where right. they are infallible. Yeah. It, it's like they, they haven't fucked up 
sober enough to be on like the front page of the AA Times yet. Yeah. And, and, and you know, like they still, they still think that, that, you know, the way they're doing it is the right way. And it's the only way, because that's right. the only way I could feel okay about it. I, I come from a place I was so afraid to go back to that. I needed this to be the right way. Yes. And, and people having other ways made me feel insecure. So I had okay. to believe that my way was the right way. Cause I didn't understand like responsibility yeah. or like discipline yet. I just knew that like this worked for me. And if you're not doing this and it's not going to work. Yeah. And I think right. if you spend any amount of time in rooms of recovery, like you've heard that sentiment a million 100%. times, right? Yeah. Like if you're not doing it this way, then you're not doing it the right way. And if you're not doing it the right way, you'd be back out there. And it's like, right. it doesn't feel like the most encouraging attitude to me, but I understand it because I've had it, you know? Yeah. And it, yeah. But I had an incident happen where, um, I had seven sponsees pass away in a year. Wow. You know, and it's not my fault that they used. It's not my fault that they passed away. But it would be irresponsible of me to not look at how I might improve that experience. Okay. Yeah. You know, like it, it's irresponsible for me to not look at it. Yes. You know, it's very easy to be like, it's their choice. We can't do nothing to stop nobody you know, yada, yada, all the things we say. Mm -hmm. um, but it would be irresponsible for me to not take a look at it. Cool. That's very, that's very like mature and, and, and humble, really, right? Because you have to, yeah. you've had to look at it and say, okay, what, you know, yes, terrible situation. What mm. can I learn from this? And how can I help others as a result of this? And how can I, you know, how can I change my, uh, my approach or, or whatever, constantly learning, right? I think it's it's so important when it comes to this stuff. And it, and I think like everything else in my life, it had to beat me over the head. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it, it's it's like I didn't wouldn't have taken that responsibility had I not had to go to a funeral and have someone's mom ask me why their baby's dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that shit. That is heavy duty shit. And if you're not taking a look at that, like I don't know. I have to, you know, when someone's mom, like moms get me, dude, like it, it's like, of I'm course, pretty good yeah. at disconnecting from addicts doing what addicts do. But like <laughs> mom's like, man, I can't, I can't not pick up the phone for them, yeah. you know? And, 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 you know, have someone's mom be like, lose their baby and then watch them go through it. Yeah. It would be irresponsible of me to not look at how I might improve helping people. Right. It's a great way to look at it. I mean, it, like I said, that's that's the responsibility that, and it's a big responsibility when you're sponsoring somebody or mentoring somebody in recovery, right? Like it's it's not, this is not light stuff. This is not like you were buddies. This is like you know you they're you're brought real time problems that are not little problems. They're yeah, no, they're life big threatening problems. at times. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've said that so many times to sponsors, like where they're like, "Yeah, but we're friends," and I'm like, "I'm not your friend." Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. you have friends. I'm not your friend. You don't need me as a friend. Right. You need me to say the things to you that you don't want to hear. Right. And I care more about your life than your feelings right now. Yeah. And not in a callous way or, or no. a way that I want to like, but in a way that like, I really don't want to talk to your mom after this. Yeah. You know, like right. I, I don't, if you're going to do what you're going to do. You know, yeah. and, and yeah, I, you know, any amount of time in this thing, you realize that, 
but it would it, it would be irresponsible for me not to have hard conversations with you. Yeah. You know, right. Exactly. That's what my sponsor did for me. And I can only sponsor people the way my sponsor showed me. Right. Yes. And, and yeah. to this day, last week, I'm having conversations with him that made me want to hang up on him. <laughs> yeah. That's when you, know, you got a good one, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and, yeah. and he's like my family now. Like, I, yeah. You know, I, I, I've watched his kids grow up. Like I, you know, like I go to birthdays, Christmas, everything, like we're family, but he has the ability to say the things to me that I don't want to hear. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and I have the trust in him that he loves me enough that he's willing to say those things to me. Yeah. So important. That's like, that is the main thing about this sponsor, sponsor, uh, sponsor relationship. And, mm. and, and not even that, just like us as people in recovery and just good people right that's yeah. the we owe that to our friends to our family to whoever we love to have the mm -hmm. conversations that they they're not lo maybe looking for or not maybe willing to i mean they're obviously not willing to look at themselves so they they need these outside uh, opinions and and like you know these these real like they need people to be real with them that's and yeah. we we are and responsible for that as people um as good people operating in this world today right and I think you need to reconfirm to me that, that I should be doing the thing I know I should be doing, but I don't right. want to do. Right. You right. know, because yeah. now he's not telling me groundbreaking stuff, you know, like he's not yeah. telling me like <laughs> stuff that I don't know, but he's mm -hmm. reaffirming to me that, you know, what I, I was say I was talking the other day to someone, you know, about the greatest gift. I think that sobriety recovery, you know, like has given me is the, the ability to just stop for a minute and think about what I'm doing before I do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. instead of just reacting. And, um, you know, I was in a situation last week where like my reaction was not good. Okay. You know, like it was all ego. It was all like 100% just right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've made a decision about the kind of man I want to be. Right. You know, and I, and I make that decision every day and, and he, I knew what I should do. And I had to call him to co-sign that that is yeah. what I should do. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's amazing that you have that ability to pick up the phone and that that phone yeah. doesn't weigh a thousand pounds. Like it sometimes feels like for, you know, for us in recovery that yeah. like, I, I know where I can call to get like the real shit I can, I, I hmm. can, you know, and like you said, for somebody to either co-sign my my next move or what mm -hmm. I'm thinking or, or whatever, or to say, no, 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 you're way off the mark. This yeah. is, this is what, this is from where I'm sitting. This is what it looks like to me. It's yeah. super important. Yeah. And it's a lot of work on my behalf as a sponsee too, is that like, I've been honest with him about who I am. Yeah. So he can see me coming. Yeah, you know, like he can right. anticipate. Like he'll say to me, "I know this is what you're thinking about doing, or I know this yeah. is what you feel like doing, but also I know this is where you know you should be." Right. You know, and it's very like cool. Just yeah, like guidance, right? Like of 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 just having someone that you know has your best intentions at heart, like mm -hmm. and they want the best for you, and that's why they're having this conversation with you. Yeah, you know, it's it's a deep thing. It's it's like it's it's a beautiful thing to find in life is someone that you can talk to that way right right 
Well, I mean, and I I totally agree, and I and I think that's beautiful, and um, I guess that leads me to my next uh, my next point that I want to talk about this is just mm-hmm. that you know you're you're now, um, you know, thriving in your career, uh, as far as I can see. I mean, you just tattooed a wicked piece on my wife's head, and yeah. you know, I love it. I stare at it every day. Um, Not stressful now at I, all. Now I got to think about <laughs> you every day too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, not only are you thriving in your career, you're, you're, you know, you're being responsible in your recovery, but you're also in a like amazing relationship with another person in recovery and you're like a new dad, right? Yeah. Or stepfather. Yeah. Which, yeah. Is, yeah, which is crazy. Um, it's, it's just an evolution, right? Like it's, it's the step I never thought I would take, yeah. but I did. And it's, it's like, Everything that's happened to me in recovery is, is generally marked by ending up places I never thought I wanted to be, but are better than anything I could have thought it could be. Yes. You know, so, and such a great way to put it. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's been my whole thing. It's like my dreams uh, of who, where I want to go don't even compare to what I have. Yeah. Like they, and, and so like, um, and much like everything else, like I met this, this person that, you know, she, she, so I have a really good friend of mine and she, I've known her since I got clean and sober. Mm-hmm. And we've been in this thing together for a long time and she has a best friend and that's my partner. And so much like when your friends have a friend, like you, you know them, but they're, they're over there. You're like, oh yeah, what's up? I never thought about it. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, you know, there was things going on in her life where she wasn't ready for that. And there was things going on in my life where I wasn't ready for that. And, yep, you know, when it happened, it was like super organic. It was, yeah. it was, it was a simple conversation that never ended. Oh, wow. That's amazing. It was literally just like a message to a person that I kind of knew in my purple, like, Hey, like, I see you guys doing that. It's sick. And then she's like, and we started talking and we never got off the phone. <sighs> wow. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I was living, on the other side of the country at this point. Right, right. And and um, so the whole start of our relationship, we were never physically in the same place. Wow, that's and, wild. And we built this relationship just from talking to each other. Yeah. You know, and sharing. And, and as you do when you meet someone and you, you talk and, you know, you, it gets increasingly deep, right? Like it stops being up here and it starts being like, you start being real honest with people when you're, when you're having those kind of conversations. So sure. by the time we were in the same room, it felt like, yeah, it's where I'm supposed to be. Wow. You know, and she, she had this beautiful, beautiful little girl man. and you know, uh, like I get to be a father, which is something I never thought I would want to be. You know, and, and I actively yeah. like rallied against, right? I, 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 I was, I was president of the never having kids club. Uh, I know? was vice. And, <laughs> yeah. And like, I was just never, I could never imagine it. And now like, again, like I said, like everything that happens in recovery is exactly what I needed. And it's better than I could have imagined. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like when you find purpose in that way, you know, and it, it, and I always talk about this, you know, when I struggled like with faith early on, it, it, it was because like, I didn't understand that things would get put in my life that were, that were gifts that I didn't ask for. Right. You know, right. and I, and that's how I think about higher power and stuff like that. It's just, if, if you just like much like that room at, at the, at the homeless shelter, 
you just keep yeah. doing what you're supposed to do, gifts will arrive and your life will blossom like a flower in the sun and more than you could have ever imagined. You That's know, it's beautiful, like, man. Yeah. And you, and you just have this essence of like knowing you're where you're supposed to be. Right. Which yeah. like took years. Like, cause I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember this, like coming around meetings and people telling you right where you're supposed to be. And you just want to be like, shut up. yeah 100 percent. you know like they hit you with the slogan and you're like go away dude like Uh, i have real problems like yes yes and and now i'm like i get it you know i i I finally understand why them old dudes are so relaxed all the time right you know it's like oh yeah no it's fine dude it's where you're supposed to be yeah and that's that's evolved in most of my life is this is like even with sponsees like Call me if you call me. If you don't, okay. You know, it, it's, yeah. you know, or when I run into people that are using different modalities of recovery to mine, I, you know, it's such a spirit of cooperation, not competition, right? Like, it's just like, I want to see you thrive and I don't care how you thrive. How you get there too, right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, just, and that's, I just want you to it. win, man. Yeah. <laughs> Of course. And I think that's the spirit of recovery, right? And I think sometimes in certain groups, that spirit gets lost in the details and the minutia of you're not doing it my way. You're not doing it this way. That's not the way I did it. So it's not going to work for you. Or you said this when you shouldn't have said that. And, um, and, and it, 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 we, we tend to in the, especially in these like smaller cities in recovery <laughs> rooms, you know, yeah. it gets a little, it gets a little funky when it comes to like, Oh, that person decided to go to, refuge recovery or smart meetings or yeah. you know move from uh ca to aa or na whatever you know it's yeah. and it if people get upset and it's like no like i think what you said is so important like we're we want you to thrive in whichever way is your truth and whichever way feels the best and the and the most comfortable for you but we're yeah. always over here if you want to come by and say hi yeah you know what i mean buy. it's we have coffee yeah it's cool yeah and, man <laughs> yeah and that's, that's the thing is like I understand where that attitude comes from because I've had it myself. Yeah. Right. So it's about that, like that live and let live mindset, right. Of just like, I want to just see people win because I know what it's like to lose. Yeah. You know, even people that I shouldn't want them to win, I want them to win. Right. You know, like, and yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, um, I used to be like, I remember I was talking about like, I used to get annoyed by people like thriving because I wasn't thriving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like when I was happy with my life, I started being real happy for other people. Right. I think it's a big marker. Yeah. Like I started being real happy to see other people win. Yeah. You know, and, and now, like I said, like right back to the start of this, like I saw you do this. I'm like, that's awesome. I hope it, I hope, I hope it, I hope it, launches into the atmosphere because I think it's important, you know, and I do too. Yeah. I don't, I don't particularly, um, put it out there as much on social media because, you know, my life is busy and and I don't want to miss things. But like, when I talk about it, I just try to be honest about where I came from. You know, I, I, I don't try to be flashy or say, tell anyone what they should or shouldn't do with their life. I'm just like, Hey, this is where I was at, man. And if you feel that way, I love you. Like, and I hope you win. 
And that's what we're responsible for, right? Just yeah. telling the truth, being honest, open, and like giving like giving the real goods to people. And if they yeah. can if they can grab a piece of that that might inspire them to take the step towards something better in their life, then we've done our job. And it's almost a little selfish too, because when you see somebody come in and on their first day and they just are so convinced they can't be anything but what they are. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then you see them just killing it. It's like, I'm glad you're killing it, but it makes me feel really good to watch you kill it. And th selfishly, that's why I want to see it because it makes For me sure. feel amazing. You know, yeah. to, to just watch people come back to life. It's, yeah. There's nothing like it. You can't describe it. It just, you see these, these people that, and you know exactly kind of, not exactly how they feel, but you know how you felt when you looked like that. Right. It brings you back. Yeah. And then a couple of years later, you just see them and they're like, yeah, man, I just finished university. Yeah. Right. I just oh, got I a mean, job. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, like I, I just got a new place. I just, I had my own place. Yeah. You know, or, or, or even small, dude, I paid my first phone bill, you know, right. Like, small so wins. Yeah. Huge, man. Huge. Yeah. I shouldn't say small, but like, it doesn't yeah. matter the, 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 you know, the, how how big or small that win may seem to somebody else that's a big deal to yeah. that person and and you know it's a it's a you know a pleasure to watch and i used to always kind of think about that when i came into the rooms of recovery i'm like why are these people so interested in other people's like life and why are they so happy for everybody <laughs> yeah. else for like yeah. getting sober and being boring people you know in my mind yeah, yeah. And, oh, uh, <laughs> but you know and and i used to always question that like what was that all about and now you know, I think you and I are, are, are sitting at a place that we can kind of uh, appreciate and understand. And I think that only, you know, as as the years go by, it'll only get stronger and stronger. And, and the, you know, the the joy it brings us to watch other people do well and thrive in life is, is just going to become like, you know, that's what we live for. Right. And yeah, we man. see it now. in, And I think that transfers over into um, our children. Right. Like we mm -hmm. we're now in a place that we're capable of being a like we're like examples for our children that can, that can come up with, you know, uh, honest conversations around whatever, you know, around recovery or whatever they bring to us. Yeah. Um, you know, we can be real with them. We know how to, um, we're equipped to handle the emotions that, um, I think our parents certainly weren't as, mm. as, you know, um, in, 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 in their era. And, um, I think the age that people were having, kids was like a lot younger back then yeah and um <laughs> you know and we're just i mean it, it for me i mean for me and i can imagine for yourself as well like to i finally feel like i'm in a place where i'm confident that i'm raising a child with morals and values that mm. you know that will um serve them well in life and that have worked for me and um, yes, there's still mistakes I'm going to make along the way. There's still bumps along the road, but uh, yeah. I've never been more equipped to handle those. And having, you know, our stories align so much. Like, you know, we both have partners in recovery that, you know, makes home life and family life so much different and so much yeah. better to just say, like, rather than, okay, you know, the kid is causing some frustration in the one person and the other person brings, takes it out on the, you know, the partner mm. and it becomes this ball, big ball of mess. Now yeah. it's like, okay, what can I do to help? Where are you? How do you feel right now? How, let's talk about that. And it's all about these conversations that I, I know I personally wasn't um, a part of as a child. 
um, and I've never been a part of in um, a, a coexisting relationship like this. Yeah, like my wife for sure. And I. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's healed the relationship with my parents immensely. You know, yeah. um, man, like I feel way different about my dad now than I did before. Right. You know, um, I, I, I would, I spent a lot of time highlighting where he went wrong, yeah. you know, in my life. And, and I almost feel like now I'm making like a living amends for him. Cause I can yeah, take all yeah. the really good parts of him and I can show up for her that way. Right. In the way that he was unable to, and not because he didn't want to, but because he was sick. Yeah. You know, and, and I can, he didn't get a chance to do that. So like, right. I have the opportunity, you know, I have the opportunity to think about instead of, cause early in recovery, right. You're going through like the laundry list too of, of, of trauma and bad. And you're, you know, for me, I was in therapy outside therapy. I was doing everything I could. Right. So I spent a lot of time on trauma. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of time on, on, on kind of, the, the wrong turns that my parents made. And um, this relationship with, with my child now has allowed me to, to really connect with everything they did right. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and really so connect with yeah. like, connect with like, like my dad in a way that I couldn't before. Wow. That's you amazing. Know? And be yeah. like, man, you were like, really good guy with a really bad problem much right. like myself and and you know the opportunity for you to get to where i am was taken away from you right you right. know so like i can do that i can make a living amends for you by showing up for this kid in a way that you couldn't yeah right and, beautiful. And that all, is so nice yeah and all the ways that he was a great man you know like he wasn't all bad he was great mostly good right you know as all of us are but 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 just having this opportunity to correct some of those things and to like really connect with how much i love my dad you know yeah. and and really connect with how much i love my mom and in a way that doesn't hurt you know because it's not attached to that other stuff anymore right you yeah. know like it's it's been heavy but it's been really beneficial yeah, man, that that's awesome. I mean, that's 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 pure, that's motivation for for all of us, um, you know, fathers and parents out there as well, you know, to take. And uh, I think that uh, you know, I I just really want to appreciate um, everything that you shared with us today. I mean, I'm so I grateful to have it. you in my life, man. It's just uh, you're you're a blessing to me, like you know, like none other. Um, even even when we don't see each other for months and sometimes years at a time it's like yeah. we're still connected and we pick up from you know like where we yeah. left off without a hitch and um yeah you're that guy to me and i know you're that guy to so many other people out there and um you know i i i really want to thank you for for coming out and uh sharing your story sharing your time with us and uh your experiences is, is i know it'll be truly impactful for so many people out there um where can uh where can people find you online if they're um, yeah, I, I just have Instagram. I don't, I don't really do mm -hmm. anything else. Um, it's yeah. just at D heart underscore TL. Cool. But cool. H A R T not spelled the other way. Yeah. Right. But, right. But, yeah. And I mean, 
it's important for me to acknowledge too that like you're that you were that for me as well Thank you, you know and i find that you know you find your counterparts in this thing if you just listen you know yeah. and I'm, you know and 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 it was you're you've been important to me like my whole recovery you know and i know you're that to a lot of people because i hear it oh. you know like so oh. you know it's um it's important that that I acknowledge that for you. Like you, you, you're a, you're, you do a lot, man. And it's appreciated and it's, it's seen. Thank you, man. And right back at you, you know, I, I really do appreciate that. I, that, that honestly warms my heart. And I know that, uh, man, my day is going to go so much better today just Me because too, of this conversation, man. Yeah. Um, I want to thank you again, man. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing you, uh, you know, very soon, hopefully, um, maybe I'll book in next time for the tattoo instead of Joe. <laughs> well, we can just eat food and it doesn't hurt. <laughs> you know what? Better option. Getting yeah, tattooed man. in your forties is not, not fun. <laughs> Silly. Anyways, man, you have a great day and, uh, appreciate you. I love you lots as always, bro. Love you too, brother. Peace.